0: Hello my lovely listeners, I'm Dr Mary Barson and I'm Dr Lucy Burns. Welcome to this episode of Real Health and Weight Loss. Gorgeous ones, it's Dr Lucy here this morning and I am without my beautiful colleague Dr Maria, but I have another fabulous guest, another real life person who is here to tell her story and I can tell you what, it is an absolute cracker. I am sure that so many of you will relate to what's going on, but also it really highlights I think the insidious harms of sugar, not just on our physical, but our mental health as well. So Merida, I am so grateful for you joining the podcast and I would love to welcome you this morning.
1: Thank you so much, Dr. Lucy. It's I'm a little bit honored actually that you that you're interested in my story, I guess. Oh, you're welcome.
0: But you know what? Life is all about stories, isn't it? Everybody does have a story. And I think sometimes that people think they're so isolated or that maybe they're the only one who feels like this. And then you realize actually there are other people out there who feel exactly the same or who have experienced exactly the same. So I just am so grateful for you sharing your story with us. So with that, can you tell us, darling, a bit about yourself?
1: Okay. So really, this is about sugar and and carbs and what it does to me. And again, like a lot of, well, like most of us, my life's been a roller coaster of dieting. And I've also suffered very, quite severe depression. And I was on fairly strong antidepressant medication that I called my happy pills. And I was on them for many, many years. In and I think around yeah, two thousand and three, I had my stomach band because you know I didn't know it was the sugar that was making me fat, and I had a stomach band that did work. <laughs> but slowly over time, chocolate crept back into the must-have food group, and I found that before long, I could actually nearly inhale chocolates and twisties, even with the stomach band. And like it all, it starts off small and then ended up I could do a family block or two in a sitting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's so interesting, isn't it, that weight loss surgery or lap bands, which is which is just surgery, they're a tool, but they're not a panacea, are they?
1: No, they don't fix the actual cause. And then in 2013, I actually had a, found a really great GP who referred me to a psychologist actually worked with people with food issues and I'm not quite sure whether my GP knew that there was a food issue or what but I ended up seeing a psychologist and by trial and error over a two-year period found out that it was the sugars sweet and savory that exacerbated and kept me on the downward spiral of depression and we got off I got off the antidepressants that i had been on for 20-odd years and all of a sudden, I, I'm not taking them because I stopped sugar. I did it cold turkey and, and it was hard. I had, I think, two days of DTs where, you know, the shakes and...
0: We're stopping your sugar.
1: Stopping the sugar. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah. It is. It's a, it's a drug, isn't
1: it? Yeah, oh, just awful. It was easier to quit smoking than it was to quit sugar. And then... <laughs> Life went to crap again around August. Well, yeah, August 2021. Uh, I ended up being rushed to hospital and had to have the stomach band removed due to complications. But then my first thought on coming home was, I can eat bread. I was so excited, <laughs> and it started with a sandwich here and there. It slowly increased to the point where I was eating a loaf of white bread in a work week. So 5 days I was devouring a loaf of bread. And then it, then back was pasta and other savory carbs, sugar, you know, I mean twisties and chips and and then the sugar, you know, little chocolate bar to start with and always telling myself I'll get back on track on Monday. <laughs> and before I knew it I was back living with depression and the black dog in my face and, you know, he was front and centre and, you know, all of a sudden I'm driving on the, on the, you know, the country roads looking for a tree to drive into. It, the depression gets me to the point I didn't want to be breathing. It's so severe, isn't it, that mental? Oh, it, I just don't want to be breathing and, I, and it was just so depressive that I'm not able to self-harm, I don't believe in it. I just every morning it was oh, crap, I'm still breathing. Wow. Yeah. And that was how I was waking up. So that's I was waking up feeling like that, the weight was back on. And I was only actually the other day listening to to, to your podcast and the one uh with the sexy Irishman Brian Keane. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and he just said something and I laughed and he's he's fuck it button. Yes. Yes. we you know, where he was talking about that. And I thought, oh, my God, I've got like a huge one of those. I've got the biggest fucker button. You know, I'll have a chocolate. Oh, fuck it, I'll fucking all start Monday. And I just, it made it sort of all sort of come together, I guess, sort of listening to him about it as well. So, yeah, I'd hit a fucker button, eat the crap where no one could see me doing it and keep telling myself by then that it's just who I am, a depressed depressive person that couldn't live without the sweet and savoury sugars.
0: And I love the fact that you're referring to savoury sugars as well. So for our listeners who haven't heard that phrase, that's what we call, you know, your, so carbohydrates that are starches like bread and in particular flour. Flour is just refined. Um, it's just glucose. So glucose is sugar, flour is sugar, loaf of bread is a bowl of sugar. It's the same.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was really after the band surgery that it was the savoury sugars that I got into before the sweet sugars. Yeah. And then it was, you know, then the sweet sugars.
0: And it's interesting because people, a lot of people will recognise that sugar is, you know, sweet sugar is harmful. Like most people would tell you it's not good for you. But that correlation to bread is not as strong. And some people don't recognise that bread is, or some people, highly addictive, and, you know, and then people come in and they'll go, oh, Dr. Lucy, yeah, I just can't live without my bread. I'm
1: thinking, mm-hmm,
0: yep, I know that feeling.
1: Well, that all spiralled out of control and my weight went back on and my local GP wanted to put me back on antidepressants and I resisted because I knew what the issue was. I knew what the problem was and what, what needed to be done and I was always going to start Monday. Yes, <laughs> yeah. And I'd seen, I'd seen the Real Life Medicine Program pop up on um, the emails and stuff from Thermo Foodie and the Chef because I'm a Thermigirl girl and I have all their books and I get their emails and I'd seen it pop up before. And then in your depression and in in the moment that you really just, oh, that's just another bloody gimmick to get my money. Yes. So I deleted them. But then in, I reckon, August last year, yeah, when it popped up in the emails again, it just must have been at the moment where I'd been to the doctor, they wanted me back on antidepressants, I didn't want to go, I didn't want to be awake and breathing, and the message popped up again, and really, desperation, I hit the link to be, you know, to join...
0: Join the 12-week
1: Mind-Body week, Yeah, the 12-week program in September, which then actually, <laughs> when I actually signed what are they you know when you first sign to say you want to join i joined the wait list yeah the wait list so i hit the join the wait list i actually started easing up on the sugars then because i thought oh i can't go in there and tell everyone how bad i am
0: ah (laughs) so that's actually the reverse button because a lot of people would go oh my god well i'm starting because it always starts on a saturday i'm starting in two weeks i'm just going to and then they eat everything before they are perfect
1: in two weeks. I actually pulled back. Yeah. I thought, oh, I don't want to jump in this eye because, you know, um, I'd given up sugar years ago. And how do you tell people, oh, well, I don't eat sugar, but I come home and eat three blocks of chocolate or something. You know, So I was doing it, hiding. I was hiding it in the shopping trolley. Um hiding it and I live alone so it didn't matter here but it would, you know, I'd hide it in the cupboards just in case someone come and open my pantry door, they're not going to see the sugars. Yes, yes.
0: So you were sort of living a lie really, weren't you, by the sounds mm. of things? Yep.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely because still out there I'm telling people I don't eat sugar because it's bad for me and, you know, just dying inside because I'm lying to people, I'm lying to myself because I was eating it. And when I joined the challenge or when I waitlisted for the challenge, I did really pull back. So by the time the challenge started, I'd gone through the worst withdrawal, I guess, of getting off the sugars. And so I was ready then to hear. And then I, when I joined the program, it was sort of like, oh, my God, ding, ding, you know. Yes, just yes. Helped now which is then obviously at the end of the program i thought oh i'm not ready to go this alone which and i've joined the the inner circle because i just i just feel like i want to be able to access the support and it's keeping me honest with myself
0: yeah absolutely and i think there's a few little things that i think that have going off in my head while i'm talking to you but one of them in particular is about change and quite often change feels too hard until the place you're in is harder. So, you know, you have to do something that might feel a bit tough. And so the pain of that, once the place that you're at is more painful than the change, that's when you'll do it. And so for you, it sounded like you were in such a painful place.
1: Well, I'm not waking up now wishing I wasn't waking up or wishing, you know, driving down the road, picking out trees that I could drive into. You know, you look at trees, yeah, I could hit that. But, you know, I don't believe in self-harm, which which made me angry.
0: Yeah, because you were even sort of more trapped. It's like the only option is this terrible suicide, but I don't do that.
1: So and now my moods have, my moods, yeah, my moods have normalized. I'm not waking up wishing I wasn't, and, and the weight's coming off. And again, well, the weight wasn't the primary reason for doing it, but so far I've lost uh, eighteen kilos since September, and that's to me that's a side benefit of giving up the sugars.
0: Yeah, and you know what's interesting? So there's a doctor in America, and we're going to get him on the podcast um, called Chris Palmer. He's just released a book called Brain Energy and he's a psychiatrist who talks about mental health disorders and in America they call them mental disorders, which is a bit triggering, I think, for Australians because Mm. we always call it mental health because I think the word mental is used as a slur. It's used as a, you know, something to, you know, you're mental or you're in a mental house or whatever. But So we will always call it mental health but in his view, the majority of mental health conditions are are the same as metabolic health conditions. So when somebody has metabolic disorder, they will often have mental disorder. And so we can see the direct correlation for you that your mental health was so impaired by the sugar and the, I guess the most difficult part is that the sugar then often provides
1: temporary relief so you get trapped in this it's a downward spiral once you start you know and and it again it gets you know the carb creep i guess i've heard it called it starts slow and i think i can i can deal with this but uh, you know i mean now you be honest if i'm honest with myself well i can't like i cannot have one again it's i think you know it's easy to say no to one than it is to say no to ten because i open a seal as soon as i break a seal on something you've got to demolish it. I can't, you know, and I'm always jealous of people that can open a block of chocolate and eat one square and leave it for a week.
0: Yeah, and, you know, look, those people exist and I always liken it to alcohol, sugar addiction and alcohol are the same addiction. Some people, you know, I can open a bottle of wine and I'll have a glass and I'll put it in the fridge and I'll forget about it and then i go sure. a week later. Same, oh. same. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I find it very, in fact, I would say impossible for me to do that with um, a block of, uh, I can do it with a block of 95% lint because the amount of sugar in that is is so small that it doesn't have it. But as soon as it's less than that, even the 70, even the
1: 70 is a bit tricky, but that. uh, I I can keep the 70, well, I don't actually, and I have chocolate in my fridge, the 90, just in case. But I think, you know, it's quite bitter and, and you have one little nibble. I don't even finish a, f- a square of the lint because it's it's really not palatable. Like, you know, your milk chocolate where you can or a Tim Tam biscuit, you know, that you can suck through a glass of chocolate. Have you ever had a Tim Tam and a glass of chocolate and drunk your oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. your Tim Tam? Yeah, you yeah. Know, or just
0: a cup of tea. hot tea. I used to do it all the time with hot tea and suck it up with the uh, Tim Tams or the chocolate teddy bear biscuits.
1: And you can't just do it with one Tim Tam. I'm like, oh, this, you know, you need the packet it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least. But the interesting
0: thing is that you've also pointed out, and this is the sneaky part of sugar addiction, is that it, you don't wake up overnight with a three-block-a-day habit. Just like an alcoholic doesn't wake up with a, you know, three-bottle-a-day habit. It starts slowly. And the reason that we want more and more is purely to get that dopamine hit
1: I mm. mean oh, if I had one block of chocolate and, and got depressed and if, if if you could sort of say oh there's a piece of chocolate oh now I feel a little bit little bit off you'd say okay let's not go there again but it creeps up and then all of a sudden I'm looking at trees to run into and wishing I wasn't breathing and I mean the first things in, in the morning I'd open my eyes and, oh crap I'm, I've got I'm breathing and I, I wish I wasn't and it didn't happen overnight and i and i can't tell you what day it happened but all of a sudden everyone's noticing i'm not a nice person to be around i'm you know now people are noticing they're saying oh what's what have you done you're just so much just you're different to you know a year ago so people have noticed the change but they can't sort of say what it was specifically and i guess it's the attitude my attitude
0: yeah, do you know it's interesting? Emotions are reasonably, you know, contagious. And and what I mean by that is, you can walk into a room, and you will notice some people walk into a room and they just sort of radiate energy and light, and you know, people are drawn to them. And other people can walk into a room, and the, suddenly the whole mood's gloomy, like Eeyore. So there is no doubt that emotions are contagious for us. And so your friends and people around you are noticing that you probably used to emanate. And it's hard to put your finger on it, but, yeah, it would have been emanating probably a negative type of energy and they've picked up on that and now they're noticing that that's not there anymore. And do you know what I love? I love the fact that, like, it is changing your diet that has actually changed your life. And rather than being worried that you're giving up or you're losing something, you've gained something.
1: Oh, I've gained more than I've lost. For well, I haven't real. I haven't lost anything. What have I lost? I've I've gained eighteen kilos. Gained, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, eighteen kilos and still going. <laughs> so oh, yeah, and no, then no, so I get to buy a new wardrobe again. Yeah, yeah. Should have kept all the other stuff, but I've gained mental clarity, mental health. Um, yeah, feeling better, feeling good.
0: And I think that 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 effect cannot be underestimated. And I think the reason people don't pay attention to it is because people are not aware that there is such a strong link for some people between processed carbohydrates, and, which is, you know, sugar and starches, so sugar and flour chips and processed foods, and mood. They just can't quite bring the link, which is weird because really our brain is just part of our body. It is just another organ. We know that sugar affects... Liver, where everybody is accepting that sugar causes fatty liver. Now we know that it causes the pancreas to work really hard and have to provide buckets of insulin to do the same job. But the idea that it could somehow stop
1: the brain functioning well—that seems a leap too far for people. Yeah, and in the beginning, when when it was first suggested that I needed to look at my diet, I think you're yeah, absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, are, yeah, you yeah, shitting, yeah. Are, you sh- are you shitting me? What what has my food got to do with how I'm feeling? But heck, um, get off sugar, you know. And I can still remember the awful ten days of going off the sugar. The first, I think, I stopped on a Friday, and I'm an all or nothing, so I eat the whole block. You were
0: an all or nothing. Yeah.
1: well, I'm still an all or nothing. I jump in, I'm all the way. And since I've started the program, I'm all the way. I haven't had any major slips. Any of my little slips might have been still sugar-free treats, but, you know, I have not had sugar.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And for you, sugar is not going to be, you know, it's so harmful to your brain.
1: Oh, absolutely. I cannot. And then Christmas time I was offered some Christmas cake, a little piece of the uh, lady in our group made some Christmas cake, made a Christmas cake, and at the end of the lunch, came around and offered me a piece. I said, no, thank you. Looks lovely, but no, thanks. Oh, one won't hurt. Well, honey, yes, it will. <laughs> I mean, I didn't say that. I just, you know, really, I've just had a big lunch and, but thanks anyway. And she started to get a little, like the food bullies, I guess. She started to be a little bit of a food bully and, well, she doesn't know me and she didn't know. A couple of the girls there that know what was going on sort of pushed her along and, But, yeah, one piece of cake will send me, again, that carb creep, it will creep in and, well, look, Merida, last week you had one piece. You'll be fine with another one this week. And bang, before I know it, I'm back doing it every day.
0: Yes, and this is the problem. It is. It's for some people I use this phrase that, and, again, this isn't, I think we need to be really mindful that it's, and, again, much like the alcohol, it's for some people they can have a bit here and there and it's no big deal. But for some people, it's like standing in front of a fire wearing a nylon 90. You may not get burnt this time, but if you do it all the time, you will. You will absolutely get burnt, and so it's not worth the risk. And this is the whole reason why we always bang on about there is no one perfect diet. There's no one way to do everything. And when I use the word diet, I don't mean weight loss diet. I mean way of eating diet. There is no one perfect one. Because for some people, as you said, they can have a block of chocolate that sits in their cupboard, or those kids, my brother was one of these, he had the Easter egg that would just, he'd have a nibble and then, you know, six months later, he'd be all white and flowery because he forgot about it. Whereas I'd finished mine and was raiding the cupboard for others. And I think that people need to be really cognizant of that. And so for a lot of people, I have the three buckets of addiction there's the bucket of the, which is the person that, has their block of chocolate that sits in the cupboard for months. There are the people that are heavy consumers of whatever product it is and it's usually to do with emotional eating or drinking and using food to mitigate. And then there is the third bucket of people who are truly addicted who need more and more and more of the substance to get their desired effect.
1: And it takes more and more and more and more to get the desired effect but then I, I can eat chocolate until I was feeling sick. And it still didn't give me the boost that would last. I'd eat two blocks of two family blocks of chocolate, buying them at the super. Oh look, my brain's telling me they're on special. We can get two and we'll make it last two weeks. We get home from the shops, we put it in the fridge and an hour later we're going, Well, well let's just have a little bit. So I break off a little bit, put in a bowl, go back and sit down, (laughs) devour that, and then you do the one block. Oh, that was! I might as well do the second now. I've I've blown it with the whole block. I might as well do the two.
0: Totally, darling. I can hear. I I remember doing this and stop at the servo, the petrol station, to get you know fuel for the car, and they're just uh, dynamo for anybody who's. who's Oh look, they've got
1: your brain. Tells you two for one. You know, you can you grab it and you grab it and go and eat it before anyone sees you
0: yes absolutely eat the first one before you got home and then you'd say to yourself oh well might as well have the second one now it's so easy to happen and it's so easy to fall in the trap but I guess the thing that happens now is that you're not losing anything sugar steals you know for many people it steals their their joy in fact for you absolutely stole your joy your very you know reason for being and you are living your life without medication. You know you weren't cured by medication. You didn't actually medication. Have...
1: Well, medication masked the problem. Yeah, mm.
0: and so for you know a lot of people does have some serotonin uh, related issues, but you're right. The the SSRIs for a lot of people are masking. Like they, they fix they fix the depression. Like you, you would have felt better mm. when you mm. were on them. Oh, yep. but they're not
1: treating the root cause no no and so every now and again a doctor would say oh you know you need to give your body a rest try and I try and go off but it just bang you know you sort of back on the and back on the strong uh, antidepressants again so it was just a cycle over 20 23 years or whatever it was of being on on antidepressant medication try and get off every now and again and I'm looking for trees along, you know, along my route to run into. What what tree can I go into? Because it was back on the medication again. And now I know, you know, and it doesn't matter whether it's sweet or savoury carbs. I, it gets me hooked back in and the next thing I know, you know, and that's when I realised what was happening. I was driving, looking, checking out the trees, which tree would be the right one to drive into. And I think, oh, my God, yeah. I'm back here again.
0: Yes, yes. It's significant sort of disordered thinking, isn't it, when your brain starts entertaining that idea. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. So these days, now, these days, now that you're, now that you're uh, you know, feeling wonderful, what does life look like for you now?
1: Well, I don't wake up wishing I wasn't wake up. I go to where I'm a happier person. I'm laughing more. And, you know, it's because I like to laugh. Who doesn't? Wonderful. (laughs) Well, But I wasn't. You know, I'd stopped. So, you know, I'd like, you know, there are more things I'd like in my life. I live in a small country town, so it's not necessarily going to happen here. But I now am okay about looking forward to the future and, you know, being in a place where I can retire and pack up and travel the country or do whatever. So, you know, I have more clarity I have dreams. I can dream and, and not just, you know, think, Oh God, how many more years of this crap have I got? Now I'm looking forward and I'm, I'm getting excited about what else can happen, you know. I'm I'm open to experiences.
0: Oh, I love that. What an amazing turnaround. I think that, you know, and again I cannot emphasise how much sugar stole from you. For years. Yeah your dreams, your joy, your your reason for living. Thank you so much for sharing your story because I am absolutely sure there will be. It takes a lot for people to recognise or to be able to admit sugar addiction. It feels shameful. It feels like you should have more control. Um, And I certainly relate well and truly to your story of hiding, hiding the food, hiding in case someone saw you because you were living this double life.
1: And I think when you asked me to do it, I'm thinking I have to own this. I have to step up and own that, yes, I was I was an addict and I hid it. I used to call it inhaling it because it was just one minute it was there and then it was gone. So I'm owning it. And, yes, it was a section of my life that I'm not proud of. But if I can help maybe one person sort of look inwards and try, if you're on – on antidepressants, maybe take a look at the reasons why, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I can't surely be the only one that is affected like this.
0: Absolutely, darling, you are not, absolutely not. And this is, you know, this is one of the things that we really want to highlight and spotlight is that it's not just your physical health that processed foods are affecting, it is our mental health. We have a mental health epidemic, um, you know, as well as a metabolic health epidemic and, People need to know that there are options. It doesn't have to just be. And medications, I'll also point out, they don't work for everybody. So, you know, you were fortunate in, in some way in that it did work, but for many people they, they get classified as being treatment resistant. And looking at changing your diet, which can feel hard, but it doesn't have to be because I'm pretty sure you're probably eating delicious food.
1: Oh. I'm loving the food. I'm loving the food. And, I'm, um, you know, trial and error and try new recipe. And there are so many choices out there and people don't realise, you know, you don't need a, a tub of self-raising flour to make a nice cake if you want a cake. You don't, you know, you don't need a mashed potatoes with a meal to have a nice meal. We don't need those things. If, if it doesn't work for you, you don't need to have it and you're not missing out on anything. There is no <laughs> FOMO here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. In fact, there's now joy. There's now joy yes. though. The joy yeah. of missing out on Missing Shabbat. out. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. And I'm, uh, I'm, so I'm happy and I I'm, I'm guess I'm more verbal now about coming out and being honest. If people sort of say anything, I say, look, mm, no. And I own that where I was and where I am. So, yeah, um, I'm in a good place and I want to stay here.
0: Well, we certainly want you to stay there too because you are watching your transformation has been an absolute delight. I know how nervous and anxious you were that, you know, maybe you'd be able to do this and, you know, self-doubt is, is normal, but seeing that, you know, you can do it, anyone can do it and really just letting go of the stories in our head that have kept us stuck is the key.
1: And do you know the stories in my head still sneak up on me occasionally? And I was walking past a shop window and I think I mentioned this to you one other day. I was walking past a shop window and my and I just wasn't even thinking, but all of a sudden just in the corner of my eye they had shortbread on on sale and my brain screamed, it's on sale, we love shortbread, get it. And I actually faltered in, in my steps and nearly turned into the shop to go and buy the shortbread because it was on sale and my brain's yelling at me, oh, we like shortbread, let's get some of that. And it was, hey, hang on. Yeah, absolutely. And it was really kudos to this program to learn to listen to the stories in my head. Before that I hadn't actually put it all together about the stories in my head, whereas Real Life Medicine has really opened that door to say, hey, hang on, why do you need to listen to it? Yes,
0: Oh, I love that nerve. Where's enough.
1: the truth? Why do we listen? And so, and that's a ding ding moment from this program from you and Dr. Mary is the stories in their head. Well, how did they get there? And are they true? Well, 90% of the time, no, they're not. They're rubbish.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. With a morsel of truth just to compound us. And that's, but yeah, marketing, marketing, gosh. Bloody bastards. Sorry. Ah, that's all right. No, darling, this has been a delightful chat, and I think that you will definitely have inspired other people who listen to your story and realize, that, you know. And I guess this is what I want to say. Narrative is just she's just a normal, real life woman. She's there's there's nothing special about her that uh, she became a victim, like many of us at the processed food industry, and uh, has been able to overcome it in just such a spectacular fashion. So. I'm very proud of you and uh, I'm really looking forward to hearing your fabulous dreams and watching you fulfil them.
1: Thank you so much.
0: You're welcome.
1: It's been an absolute honour. I feel blessed. Thank you.
0: Gorgeous Ones, if you'd like more information on the 12-week Mind-Body Rebalance, the next round starts February the 11th. If you go to our website, you'll see it on the front page there, All the Wsrlmedicine.com. Just click on the link and it'll take you to everything you need to know. Bye for now. So my lovely listeners, that ends this episode of Real Health and Weight Loss. I'm Dr. Lucy Burns. And I'm Dr. Mary Barson. We're from Real Life Medicine. To contact us, please visit rlmedicine.com. And until next time, thanks for for listening. The information shared on the Real Health and Weight Loss podcast, including show notes and links, provides general information only. It is not a substitute, nor is it intended to provide individualised medical advice, diagnosis or treatment, nor can it be construed as such. Please consult your doctor for any medical concerns.